Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. I'm Frank. I'm Jeff. Before we get started, we'd like to just do a quick plug for expert advice for Z. If you've been uh, getting stuck on a technical point or you really want to talk to one of our technical experts, you can sign up and have a half-hour conversation with them. Yeah, it's really easy. You just go to this website, ibm.biz slash Z underscore consult. Uh, you tell IBM, this is the best way to reach me, this is the best time to reach me, and IBM will put you in touch with somebody who's going to helpfully uh, get you unstuck and show you the way a little bit. It's uh, not a replacement for opening up defects or your IBM rep. It's just something else to help you out. Yeah, and if you're wondering, this is our kind of people, people like Anthony Sophia or Rosalind Radcliffe or one of the other people that have been on our show. You're definitely going to be talking to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Terminal Talk approved people. For the most part. <laughs> and then some, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's expert advice for Z. That's ibm.biz slash Z underscore consult. And now we're on to the show. All right. Who, who, do, who do we have here today, Frank? <laughs> Our guest today is uh, Kurt Quackenbush. He is the expert on SMPE. Is that a good title for you? Yeah, sure. That's that's a good working title. Uh, <laughs> how, you know, how would you expand on that? <laughs> so, um, usually I refer to myself as design and development for SMPE, and more lately, uh, ZOSMF software management. A long title. Right. Yeah. That, that's why we got you to say it, not us. Right. The short one is the SMP expert. Okay. Business card is the dimensions of a fortune cookie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, so can you start with uh, what is SMPE? Sure. Well, SMPE stands for System Modification Program Extended. Right. So back actually before my time, there was SMP, System Modification Program, and then they extended it when at some version level when we changed the database from partition data sets to be vSAM. Uh, so it's essentially the tool that you use, the application that you use when you're installing PTF fixes, for example, uh, or new releases of software and so on, on for ZOS. Is it is it safe to kind of parallel that with RPM or any sort of like Linux installation tool like that? Um, at a high level, probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's whatever fixed manager software or application you use on the other platforms. Yeah, you could parallel that with SMP. Because I, I think about that, you know, that as being like the tool that's going to stop me from installing the same thing twice, or uh, making sure that I don't install something without its prerequisites. Exactly. Or or pull out that bottom Jenga piece that makes everything else fall <laughs> out above it. I like that analogy. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly right. Right. SMP ensures that you have uh, all the proper prerequisites uh, when you're installing a fix and so on. And, and exactly right, so that you don't remove a fix that provides requirement uh, that satisfies requisites for other PTFs and so on. But there's a lot more uh, steps to the install process with Z, isn't there? There is, and there's things that go a bit beyond what we would think of traditional SMPE activities. Um, if, we're, if we're talking about, say, the ZOS operating system or one of the major subsystems like Kix or IMS or DB2 or WebSphere, well, less WebSphere these days, but mm. uh, some or some of the other larger products, 
typically, our customers are installing what we call a server pack offering, right? So IBM's, let's see, what is their title these days? It used to be called software manufacturing, and <laughs> I, I don't remember what they're called now. But anyway, they are the organization that builds the server pack. And essentially what that is, it, um, it's an offering that pre does the SMP install, uh, the S&P receive, apply, and accept, and maybe we'll go back to those in a few minutes. Yeah, right? yeah we're going to have to. Yes. <laughs> for, for, the, for a release of software, uh, installs various levels of PTF fixes and so on, and then wraps up the whole thing, packages it up into something portable uh, that a customer can then install as a whole. So instead of customers having to install individual well, again, we'll have to go back and do some more definition, but individual <laughs> uh, functions or FMIDs this, and This explanation PTS. has some uh, prerequisites. It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. You know, I, pr- I probably should rehearse this a bit. <laughs> um, so instead of having the individual doing the actual SMPE apply steps for all these individual piece parts, they get the completed entity uh, that they can then uh, do a much quicker uh, more integrated install, and that's a server pack, and it has its own install dialog and so on. Um, so that server pack, if I if I'm understanding this right, is is specific to a, a point in time and a configuration on the system trying to go from this to this. It's y- yes, it is a point in time. It, it is uh, custom to what the uh, which software the customer requests or orders, right? So you can get uh, ZOS uh, version 2 release 3 plus, you know, half a dozen other products that get installed and and get deployed with ZOS, right? And they all come as an integrated package, essentially, that the server pack install dialog will um, allow a customer to, you know, really it's about putting the bits and bytes down on their DASD uh, and then helping them configure that in a form that they can then IPL. Right. So that's what the server pack is about. The whole point of that, though, how it relates to SMP is essentially you're getting a pre-built SMP environment. So what is an SMP environment, right? So it's... So maybe we'll go back to these definitions, <laughs> right? So let me let me ask um, uh, yeah, one more thing because I think it'll help um, with further explanations. Is... If I have a, a sysplex with like twenty images running within it, would I have one SMPE environment, or is it per each system, per each release? How does that work? Uh, typically, I would say it's probably uh, per per each. What we'll say is like service level. Okay, you might have multiple instances of ZOS 2.3 because they're at different service levels and you're uh, in the process of some, through some schedule rolling that through your sysplex right so but each of those at unique service level would be a unique SMP environment okay and of course if you had different releases also at ZOS 2.2 or something else those would be unique ZOS 2.2 at one particular service level another ZOS 2 at a different service level yeah so that's okay that would correspond typically to a single SMP environment. But I can kind of roll those uh, in line with each other. I don't need to request a a server pack for this system if if it has the same configuration as this system. Correct. Correct. Yeah, server pack isn't about the configuration. It's about the software content, if you will. Okay. Um, And then the configuration, whether that's ParmLib or other kinds of configuration uh, descriptors uh, is the customer's responsibility, and that's outside of the scope of the uh, server pack. Yeah. 
So you mentioned a couple of steps there as part of the install, uh, and it was receive and apply, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so can you start with uh, receive? <laughs> yeah, so before we even get there, we probably should talk about the SMPE, sometimes referred to as a database. It's not really a, a, a real like SQL database, but it's SMPE's uh information base about what's installed and it's called the CSI or the consolidated software inventory hmm. uh, you know it's essentially well it's it's hardened inside vSAM okay it's a, so it's vSAM data sets but anyway SMPE segregates uh, there, there's logical uh, portions of a CSI or the inventory uh, and we call them zones. So there's a global zone, a target zone, and a DLIB zone. Let's talk about global zone first. Global zone you can think of is kind of a staging area. It's sort of like the master and the table of contents, right? So when you are getting your software, let's, let's, typically more like fixes, so PTF fixes, uh, traditionally they were coming off of tape or before that, uh, you know, cards or paper tape or whatever. Uh, and you want to store them on DASI. Now they're coming uh, through the Internet tip most typically. And so you want to store them someplace so that we can get at them and then uh, install them later. So that's the global zone. When you receive something, you're taking it off of the distribution media, again, whether it's Internet or tape or whatever it is, and you're storing it on DASDI somewhere so that SMPE knows about it, uh, SMP can see, you know, oh, what is this thing describing? So it's preparing for further operations. That's the global zone. The global zone also identifies the target zones and DLIB zones. Are you going to ask a question? I was, because the stuff that comes down off the media, is that like object code or... Yeah, so in a PTF, typically modules are in, you know, fixed block 80 object decks, right? So the output of the assembler, that's uh, traditional. Um, and then all the other kinds of deliverables as well, whether they're macros. So we have some source still, um, other kinds of source kind of elements. Uh, more and more uh, Unix-style uh, uh, parts are uh, the executables themselves, so the bound program objects. Uh, would be distrib- deli- uh, delivered okay. in the PTF as well. Right, and so then after the stuff, the PTF fixes that contain the replacements or updates for our programs and so on, are staged in the global zone, the next step would be apply, which says take these updates and apply them to a target environment. The target environment represents the actual executable libraries. So the sys1.link lib and LPA lib and things like that, or the uh, slash bin uh, Unix directory. The stuff where the code is actually executable, that's what gets updated during an apply operation. So a global zone described the the PTF fixes that were staged and ready for an update. The target zone describes the content of the target libraries, um, understands which PTFs have been applied or not, and, and, and so on. And so the apply operation takes those staged PTFs, reads them to understand the content and figure out, oh, what updates do I need to make? I need to update this load module in LPA lib, this one in link lib, and this program object in this directory, and invokes the appropriate system utility to make those updates, and then records all that information in the target zone part of the CSI. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the the target zone um, holds a lot of the metadata about each of the parts of uh, that are on the system. Yes, yes, it does. You know, and th- this is an old an- analogy, and I realize that um, 
some people these days are, are probably don't aren't, aren't familiar with it, but I equate um, the target libraries and the target zone and the CSI in general to a card catalog in a library. Remember <laughs> when you were in school and you went to library and you yep. had this, you know, car, uh, catalog, uh, box full, a drawer full of um, full of cards. Uh, and each card would describe a particular book, and there would be information about the author and, you know, subject and where uh, on the bookshelf you could find that book. And so the target zone is similar, right? Where there's entries in the target zone for each, we say, executable, like a load module or a program object or something. And it describes something about it, like where can it be found, which library is it in or its data set, uh, information about, uh, for each of the modules that get linked into the load module, information about ownership, um, and, yeah, and, and things like that, different attributes about a load module, about what kind of link edit attributes and so on. And does that go as far back as, like, since electricity was first running through that <laughs> system? Or like, is there is there any way to, like, say, starting now? Starting now? Like, like you know... Uh, you know, all the information here is current starting today. We're getting rid of all this old stuff. Or is it typically just kind of accumulate over time? No, yeah. Typically, uh, when you would install, and say, a new release of uh, of software product or the operating system or something like that, you're you're starting fresh at that point. Okay. Um, you, you can start fresh with a brand new empty uh, inventory, CSI, and empty data sets. Sometimes you would install over top of an existing, but usually the new one will... Uh, tell S&P, delete the old one. Okay. So clean up all the old stuff before the new. So, so no, yeah, it's not, uh, we don't have history in there since, uh, you know, <laughs> OS 360 in 1964 right. or anything like that, no. <clears throat> so um, I'm going to have multiple target zones based on different uh, service levels? Correct. Okay. And so I, everything in the global zone is kind of the base, and then each of these target zones is containing that metadata for what's installed and how. Is that true? Correct. So, um, and and some customers do it differently. Kind of a best practice that that I purport is um, to have maybe not one, but as few global zones as possible. And you can connect multiple target zones and, of course, their associated target libraries to one global zone. And there's some advantages to that. It allows you to uh, receive not just PTFs and so on into one global zone, but also whole data, which we should probably come back and talk about. Yeah, (laughs) okay. Um, uh, And there are some benefits. Uh, S&P can do some cross-target zone analysis, and so there's a benefit if you have them connected to the same global zone. Uh, Now I kind of lost the track (laughs) of what you were asking, Frank. But, um, yeah, so there would be a a target zone describes what what I like to call is a – like the deployable unit of software. Uh, we talk about, we're talking about doing S&P operations to make an update, but you, you don't make those updates to um, a set of target libraries that a system is currently IPL'd from, for example, yeah. right? right. You, you, you have a set of libraries that are, are what we call like your maintenance libraries or your service libraries or something, or your build libraries where you would perform uh, apply operations to make those updates. And then at some point later, you could then IPL, or more typically you might copy from there to uh, your volumes that you're going to IPL from. Okay, and where was it going with that? Oh, and 
Yeah, no, I, I'm yeah, no, actually because lost in my own thought. Well, I think it's really important because um, I, I was going to to uh, create a scenario for you, and I think it'll help uh, with this topic. Uh, imagine, if you will, I'm a cisprog, um, and I know it's a stretch, uh, and I've installed some stuff and realized that after my apply that I have horribly, horribly screwed everything up. Th- then what do I do? You, So um, there, you have two choices I, for the most part. Let's uh, say we don't have a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I guess <laughs> that would have been a third choice, okay. right? <laughs> um, well, I suppose it depends on how you, what you mean by horribly, horribly screwed up. But so SMP has a capability. Uh, it's another function like apply makes an update to a target library. There's also SMP cap- uh, function called restore, which will essentially undo what you applied. Uh, the basis of that is um, well, which, which leads us to the distribution libraries that we hadn't talked about yet, but we'll go there in just a second. Restore essentially will undo and apply back to a known level. So it isn't, it isn't like you can uh, restore individual fixes so much. You have to restore back to a completely known, known level. Uh, the known level is created in the distribution libraries and distribution zone using the accept command. So typically it would happen after some period of time. I, I, I've applied some series of fixes. Um, I IPL those. I'm do, do, uh, going through various kinds of tests, and I'm happy with that level. I would then accept to my distribution libraries and distribution zone those fixes. That now is my known sort of my backup level that I can restore to at some point in the future. Uh, you might ask, well, why do you call it a distribution library and distribution zone instead of a backup library and a backup <laughs> zone? And that has to really go back to history uh, in the days of SysGen and so on. I don't know how much we want to get into that. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> we're, we're actually, those were the libraries that were distributed to our customer, and then they constructed the target libraries right. from, from them. But, but anyway. I, I heard something, maybe you can tell me this is true, that the distribution zone is for loading and unloading of libraries only. <laughs> And there's no stopping in a distribution zone. Is that a... The white zone. It couldn't make me happier that you were drinking tea just as I was saying that. Yeah, it's a shame you didn't spit it out. Yeah. <laughs> it was a shame. Um, your, your other title um, was uh, ZOSMF... Um, Software Management. That, yes. And from what I understand, SMPE is going to be playing into that a lot more. Is it... Is it just that ZOSMF is going to be interfacing SMPE, or is there something else in there that I should be aware of? Right. It's a good question. Um, so we talked about SMP is used to perform the updates, like take the piece parts, the PTFs, and update the target libraries and things like that. Um, the direction that, that we're going at IBM, right, um, and uh, many of the major software vendors, and we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we're going is we're going to maintain – SMP is going to still do that, but some of the other things I talked about, like after you do an apply, you then deploy your software someplace else. You copy it and you IPL it and you do other things. Uh, or installing pre-built SMP environments with a server pack, right? Those things, uh, will we're hoping, uh, our direction will be handled uh, by ZOSMF Software Management. So Software Management is one of the applications or plugins for ZOSMF. 
Uh, should I assume our audience knows what ZOSMF is? We've talked about that before, or maybe Probably, not. unless they've been, you know... Yeah. It's, pretty, it's a pretty popular topic, I would assume. Yeah, we haven't done a show on it, on right. ZOSMF. But, yeah, we got to do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that soon. So... But, that's why I was kind of focusing on the SMP stuff. Oh, okay. Well, but that's okay. This 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 is a good segue. Um, we so software management um, right now has capabilities to not drive SMP apply operations, for example, but to after the apply to deploy software, essentially clone it, right? Uh, but to clone it in a in a mechanism. Uh, it allows you some variability in how you manage your S- your resultant SMP environments to make sure that your different SMP environments can work and play well together, that you are verifying that requisites are satisfied across the SMP environments and things like that. Mm. Um, we are, we are going to get to a point where software management from a higher level will drive SMP operations like receive and apply as well. We're not there yet. There's work in that space going on. Um, we we hope to get there soonish, but yeah. So um, if you don't mind me taking a quick step back, uh, I do a receive that puts stuff in the global zone. I do an apply that puts stuff in the target zone. And generally, what clients do when they do this, once they've done the apply, they'll do a a set of tests for some period of time. Right? This is not something that we do. You know, when I'm running a doing an RPM, I'm, I'm done and have stuff installed in a couple of minutes. But that's not really the way clients do this, right? Right. I mean, you you could be done with SMP in a couple, couple of minutes, you know, however long it takes, depending on how many PTFs you're installing. But right, clients typically, um, they're not done. It's not like installing a fix on your Windows 10 machine or whatever it is you're running, right? And then, oh, I got PL and I'm, and I'm done. No, uh, typically um, you would install a set of PTFs, and invariably some number of those PTFs require some post-SMPE attention, whether they are some actions you have to perform because some some change was introduced, maybe, oh, I don't know, it can be any number of things. Maybe there's something that uh, the PTF carries some information that says, after you apply this PTF, if you're exploiting this particular function, you need to go update your configuration file ABC to do, you know, so different kinds of actions depending on what you're installing. Many DB2 fixes, for example, require you to rebind certain DB2 tables. Hmm. Um, yeah, similar things on for ZOS or all kinds of other software. So typically there is a set of actions that the system programmer or administrator needs to perform uh, after they apply the fixes, um, either before or after an IPL, and then they would go through some series of tests typically. Um, you know, depending on the customer and the environment, they may have different levels of tests where they're just, you know, quick uh, IPL tests. Does it IPL kind of run a quick workload versus then getting to some, you know, qualification environment and pre-production and, you know, many different test levels before they eventually move it into a production environment. So it, it's kind of interesting that that putting out the operating system and, you know, all these fixes – is very similar to what people normally do in a software deploy, right? Is that I have, uh, you know, some some basic testing. I'm going to do performance testing. I'm, you know, and there, and there are clients who will take, you know, months 
between the time that they've got yeah. something before they're ready, they're confident enough to put it in production. That is true. Some have very extensive uh, sets of tests and qualifying runs or whatever before they go into production. And then if, if the time that they're ready to put things into production, is that generally when they do the accept or... Ah, uh, well, that can be out of band. Uh, it would probably some typically uh, after they put it in production, after they're happy with it, yeah, okay. then they would accept that level, correct. Say, yes, it's running in production. I'm happy with it. Now I want to make this my known backup so I can do an S&P restore if necessary. Right. And, and you used a bunch of terms that I'm not recognizing, like FMID. Oh, yeah, FMID? we should go back to that. Uh, FMID, Function Modification Identifier. So... Yeah, let's go back. Um, <laughs> how, to, how to say this? So, there, SMPE system modification program. So there are certain kinds of things that are called system modifications or sysmods. Uh, the highest level one, the largest kind, is a function sysmod. This is typically uh, like a new release of a software product. Now, a ZOS would be composed of, oh, I don't know what they are composed of, 75, 100 FMIDs or function of function sysmods these days. Uh, we use the term FMID and function sysmod kind of interchangeably. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, so a typical release of ZOS is, I, I don't know how many, uh, fun- 75, 100, whatever, a DB2 might be half a dozen or more. Um, anyway, you can think of it as uh, individual components sometimes might be their own function sysmod within a group of them, which is a release. So anyway, there's a function sysmod, and, and so usually that is introducing um, the software, right, the component pieces, the modules, the macros, the source, the uh, Unix file system executables, things like that. They're introducing them to an environment. Um, and then you have PTFs, which is what program temporary fix, I think. Uh, that name, yeah, we, I think so. It, yeah, we we almost never use the long term anyway. <laughs> but it, essentially, it's replacing and updating uh, small portions of what a function sysmod introduced. Okay, so a handful of parts instead of you know the thousands of parts in a typical uh, function sysmod. And then we have um, APAR type sysmods. A Problem analysis, authorized program problem analysis report, or something, I, I, I something like that. I can't remember I, myself. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> typically, those would in scope. They're very similar to a PTF. Typically, at least for IBM, we would deliver uh, APARs when we're trying to test out a fix, right before it's graduated to be a PTF, for example. And then there are user mods or user modifications. It's the last kind of sysmod. Again, scope is probably even smaller. It used to be much more popular back in the day when we had a lot more, when IBM was providing a lot more source code to our customers. You know, we still do with the JEZs. JEZ2 and JEZ3 uh, provide source code. And there are still modifications that our users make to them, and they would install them in S&P using a user mod type sysmod. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe you can uh, help me understand. So in, in a previous role, I worked in um, the CST building, mm. uh, doing the testing for the RSU. So <laughs> Listen to you. Well, the well, there, we some consolidated we service test for the right. recommended service update, which is right. kind of like a, you know, instead of going through every single fix, like here's something that's been tested for at least three months and it's worked on our system, so you're, you're pretty safe taking it. Um, 
and Rich will yell at me over that. I, I can almost almost guarantee for that, that very simplified explanation. <laughs> yes, yes, because he works for a, a certain company, um, a certain very large company, retail mom and pop company. Um, so, large retail mom and pop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So would a uh, would a ZOS user um, would they say I want this? RSU and then have a server pack built specifically for it for their configuration. So the way server packs w- works is uh, you as the customer don't get the choice of which RSU, but when you request the server pack, it gets constructed with, I think, the most recent uh, RSU. So you know, in the middle of the month, whatever it would have been, last month's RSU uh, recommended service update. I forget exactly, but you don't get a choice. Uh, but it gets built, meaning that they would install the the function sysmods for the products you selected, and all the PTFs for those function sysmods, all the PTFs that are marked or considered recommended the prior month, right? Something like that. Yeah, because it has that one month to settle in. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, I forget something like that. Okay. Yeah, so that's what you get in a server pack. Right. So it's pretty recent. Pretty recent service. And up until, I don't know, time is relative, but it used to be that you would get the pallet full of tapes for something like right. that. Right. And this isn't built by some person at a desk somewhere anymore. This is all. Yeah. No, IBM has a pretty automated manufacturing process to do that. Yeah. Okay. To, to build this environment. Yeah. And it has the rules involved uh, with it. I mean, they can chain. No, I shouldn't say that. They, there are rules uh, to determine which PTFs get installed and so on. So, for the most part, let, let's just say it is, you know, RSU from the last month or something like that. But it'll also install PTFs for that fix critical problems. Critical meaning hyper security integrity PE fixes. So, there's a bunch of acronyms we should talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, hyper. Uh, I think it used to stand for high impact and pervasive. So any fix that hmm. the IBM support team deemed this is a high impact problem, meaning it would require you to IPL or you get data loss or function loss or something like that, or it was pervasive, then they labeled it hyper. I think now they don't so much consider pervasive, but if it's high impact of some kind, it gets labeled as this hyper, uh, hyper, and we'll come back later how that gets labeled. And funny how we've taken those two words to mean good <laughs> so things many now. Things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spelled differently. I yeah. Think. Uh, second or security integrity. Well, that should be fairly obvious, right? Fixes for security integrity problems on the platform, right? And then what was the other? Oh, PE fixes. So a PE means PTF and error. So you know, IBM or some other vendor provides a a fix for a problem, and we deliver that fix uh, in a PTF. Well, PTFs can introduce problems themselves, or they might not fix the original problem completely or whatever. Uh, and so those PTFs are labeled PE. They're PTF in error. And so you can also have now PTFs that fix PEs or other PTFs that are in error. So those are PE fixing PTFs. All right. So those are considered critical fixes. So those are the three basics, hyper, uh, security integrity, and PE fixes. So when we talked about a server pack getting built containing the PTFs from the last month's recommended 
uh, set of PTFs. In addition, they also apply uh, critical uh, PTFs for critical fixes up until like the day of production. So the day that they're actually building this environment, whatever is marked critical would get whatever is marked as fixing a critical problem gets installed as well. Okay. <laughs> One more. Mm. What is a plus plus APAR? Ooh. There you go. So APAR, remember, is a um, usually it's a it's a fix that hasn't graduated to a PTF yet for general distribution, but plus plus. Uh, so so APAR is one of those things that it. We use that term. We, we've overloaded that term, right? I mean, it represents the actual problem report. So when a customer calls into the IBM support team, they report a problem, and the IBM support team says, yep, that's definitely a bug. It's a, it's a new one. We didn't know about that. They create what we call an APAR, which is the actual report of the problem, right? Um, but SMP also has this APAR sysmod type, and so we refer to the actual fix for that thing as an APAR, but to distinguish them between the APAR report and the APAR fix and so on, sometimes we use the term, uh, the phrase plus plus. Now, we, the, way we, the reason why we use the phrase plus plus is because SMP's control statements uh, use a plus plus in columns one and two, and so you'd see plus plus APAR in the control statement. Kind of like in JCL, you have a slash slash in columns one and two. SMP uses a plus plus to denote its control statements. Wow. So when you say plus plus APAR, that really means okay, it's the real f- like physical APAR sysmod that SMP can can uh, receive and apply. Someone should do a uh, I'm just a bill parody <laughs> with, like, I'm just a defect and just follow the per- – like, someday I'll become a PTO. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Somebody get on that. There really is quite a timeline, too, uh, from reporting the problem to distributing the fi- – yeah. And then the testers load me on their system. <laughs> oh, I love the schoolhouse rocks. That was a great one, too. That was probably the best one. It was definitely up there. Uh, now that I've, I've exhausted my full knowledge of this, uh, I, I'm good. <laughs> so, you know, we should talk about one other thing, right? You talk about plus plus A part. We should also talk about hold data and plus plus hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's pretty important. So th- let's talk about the simple case, right? We talk about these critical kinds of fixes, uh, hypers and PEs and security integrity. So we can label a PTF uh, to say it fixes a hyper problem, but if you already have, uh, or let, no, let's take PE, okay? Uh, you have a PTF that when you install the PTF, it introduces another problem, a different problem. Well, how do I know as the, SM, as the user, I've installed that PTF, how do I know I have this, this, this potential, this latent problem lurking, right? Um, so, so IBM and other vendors do the same thing, provides uh, some data that SMP can consume, and so it can analyze its inventory to say, oh, you have this PTF installed. We can see that this PTF has a defect on it. It's PE, right? And so that data that gets provided is called hold data. And so a plus-plus hold statement uh, it would identify the PTF and say this PTF is held for an error uh, and what that does is two things. After the fact, after you've already installed the 
the bad or the PTF with an error in it, you can use that whole data to do an, to do some analysis and say, do I have that PTF on? Uh, do I have the fix for that PTF installed? Yes or no? If no, then SMP has some reporting capability to say, oh, you have this lurking problem. You probably want to install this fix. If I don't have that PTF installed on, then suppose uh, I'm, I'm trying to do a massive apply of a set of PTFs, and that PTF is one of them. SMP sees the whole data and says, whoa, whoa, we're not going to install that PTF right now because there's a lurking problem, uh, so we're not going to allow you to apply this thing. right? So that's kind of two jobs that the whole data does, related but two jobs. Uh, and so that's important. And whole data from IBM gets updated uh, daily in the middle of the night, uh, at least in the U.S. in the middle <laughs> of the night. Um, and we ha- and we recommend that before users perform SMP apply operations or anything like that, they would get the latest whole data. Uh, so that day, um, so you have all that uh, most recent information. Some customers get it uh, daily. They have some automated jobs to run, SMPE to talks to the IBM server and downloads the whole data uh, every night. Some not as frequently, but many do it nightly. Uh, anyway, so that's, what, that's whole data. That's another concept that's good to know about. It seems like the whole world is going to this continuous integration, continuous deployment world. Do you see SMPE changing to support that? Uh, That's a good question. I haven't yet seen a need to change, uh, at least for IBM. Our our support and service infrastructure is is really built around the idea of PTFs. Um, And so I think what's what's going on for the various, uh, whether it's the operating system or the subsystems, Really, they're going on around a model of we're going to stay at a particular release for a period of time, meaning uh, we won't come out with new function sysmods that completely replace the software content. What they do is just they'll come out with uh, PTFs that add function in the service stream. So what do we call those? SPEs for small programming enhancement, although I think oftentimes they're not very small these days. <laughs> but that was where the name came from. Um, yeah, and so I think, f- at least for right now, I don't see SMPE changing there, and no one has asked me for changes. We, you know, I'm uh, talking with people about this continuous integration, and because we, they still want to be able to provide fixes in PTF form, I think we're just, okay, well, we're just going to do these other PTFs that provide function. Now, that's nothing new. We've done that for a while. I think what's happening now is maybe they're more prevalent or larger in scope, the amount of change you're providing in these small programming enhancements. Okay, well, we're, we're kind of getting to the bottom of the hour here. Uh, we really want to uh, thank you a lot for coming and talking to us. There's an awful lot of information you gave to us in a relatively short period of time. Our uh, our transcript person is going to have a whole lot of fun figuring out all these acronyms. So thanks <laughs> yeah. for that. <laughs> and we should we should probably come up with uh, a way of helping people who maybe didn't live in a card catalog world um, <laughs> to understand what some of these terms mean. Yeah, I mean, and the, the cool thing about SMPE is if you want to learn about it, just go in and start messing around with it. <laughs> I mean, just, like, find out what yeah. all the buttons do. Yeah, you know? good idea, Jeff. <laughs> I'm, 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 wait, I'm hearing, no, don't do that. Yeah, that, that, Do the exact opposite well, of that. Well, That's a fair I, of sarcasm. I actually do encourage that, but you got to be really careful. Make sure that you have, have built an SMP environment that you could throw away at a moment's notice. <laughs> (laughs) right? So, yeah. (laughs) 
Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming. Hey, well, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Old man Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.